The following is a special presentation. Welcome to Sports Econ 101, the show where we discuss sports topics from a business perspective. I'm your host, Edward Brown, along with my co-host, Bruce McGowan, longtime sports radio personality. Uh, today's show, we don't have a guest, so it's a mono e mono. What kind of things are we going to cover today? Well, I'd like to talk a little bit about the uh, stretch drive of the season. These are the dog days of August, and the contenders and the pretenders have pretty much been separated. Uh, we know who the best teams are. We know who the worst teams are. And there are some teams that are kind of in the middle, sort of, you know, hanging on the fringes. can talk a little bit about that. NFL training camps open. Who are the favorites? Who are the guys to watch? Uh, who are the players that might surprise people? And, of course, before you know it, the NBA will be here again uh, once again. So there's a lot of things going on. It's It's kind of a... In a way, it's kind of a – they always talk about August, Edward, as the dog days. It really is. Yeah. I mean, you're sort of waiting for football. Baseball hasn't gotten to that really exciting point yet, and, and basketball is, is pretty far off. So uh, it's, I guess that's why it's vacation time. Yeah, especially when you have uh, teams that are you know more than 10 games in front of their next <laughs> – Well, here in the Bay Area, we have two teams. This may be the worst yeah. baseball season I can remember yeah. since 1985. I mean, these two teams are awful. They're, the, the A's at least have an excuse. They have young players, but the Giants are just, they're pathetic. It's really sad. It really is. But, you know, teams go through this. This is part of the process, you know. I wonder how often management looks at it and just says, you know what, let's just write the season off. We're not going to just fire a bunch of people or make a bunch of changes, and we'll just assume we just had a bad year. Well, I think that's what you have to do. The Giants have too much talent. I don't think they're going to be making any wholesale changes. They do need to add some offense, but their pitching is, has been a real disappointment. And, of course, the starting pitching has been the big problem. The, the, the bullpen is, has been a problem, but the starting pitching has been awful. Uh, Matt Moore, uh, Johnny Cueto, and, of course, Madison Bumgarner ever pitched. You know, and that, a lot of teams go through this. You know? Then you look at a team, conversely, that's having a great year. How about what the Dodgers are doing? Oh. My God. Yeah, everyone keeps saying, maybe this year will be there. Well, it's been 29 years since they won the last World Series, so they better win it this year. Okay. <laughs> well, uh, each commercial break, we're going to ask a sports trivia question. Uh, so stay tuned. And this segment of, segment of Sports Econ 101 is sponsored by Pacific Private Money, providing mortgage investments that are still currently yielding over 7.5%. Check them out, PacificPrivateMoney.com. Don't touch that dial. Sports Econ 101 will be right back. This is Mark Honf, co-host of Mortgage Investing 101. Did you know that you can earn, year in and year out, returns of 8% and more on your savings and retirement accounts? Mortgage-backed investment strategies such as trustee investing and mortgage pool funds can do just that. Since 2008, clients of Pacific Private Money have consistently earned high yields on their investments. Find out for yourself how you, too, can profit from these real estate-secured investments. Call 415-883-2150 or visit our website at PacificPrivateMoney.com. Invest in some fun this season with this deal from Paintball Tickets. With the largest network of paintball fields in North America, Paintball Tickets is committed to bringing you high-intensity fun for a fraction of the cost. With the purchase of your paintball tickets, you'll receive free admission and equipment rentals to some of the most played-at paintball parks nationwide. And by partnering up with like-minded, safety-conscious paintball fields in thriving markets across the nation, we've ensured there's always a field close to home. These tickets, which can be purchased in bulk, are designed to fit the needs of every skill level, from casual observers to weekend warriors. 
This adrenaline-inducing sport is perfect for birthday parties, corporate team building, or a casual outing with friends. Make the right choice for your wallet. Get in on the fastest-growing action sport with this deal from Paintball Tickets by going to sportsecon101.com and clicking on the Play Paintball button. Hi, Sports Econ 101 listeners. I'm Edward Brown. You know me as the host of the show, but you may not know that I work with individuals getting them the least expensive term life insurance policies around. Don't be fooled by the ads you hear on TV and radio. It's always best to work with someone who's completely independent. That's where I come in. If you email me at edward at sportsecon101.com your name, your age, and how much insurance you want, I'll run the numbers through my software program and let you know the least expensive policy around from among many of the top insurance companies. Again, I'm totally independent, so email edward at sportsecon101.com for your free life insurance quote today. Why pay more for life insurance than you need to? I can get you a guaranteed policy where the low premiums are fixed anywhere from 10 to 35 years. So email edward at sportsecon101.com right now for your free life insurance quote. That's edward at sportsecon101.com. Before you hear this or this or even this. Before you turn a key, step on the gas and let it rip. Before you get up and out and on the road, you have to be fueled by something. Make sure that something is Valero. Valero top-tier certified quality fuel keeps your engine running cleaner, better, and longer. Find a station near you at ValeroCleanGas.com. Welcome back to Sports Econ 101. One more time, I'm Edward Brown, your host, along with Bruce McGowan. So, Bruce, off air, we were just just kind of asking you about, like, what are you doing nowadays? And you're doing these two-minute uh, segments for the local uh, radio show yeah. station. In San Francisco, yeah. It's a, it's a sports updates in the evening, and then you record some for overnight. But I, I do go to games on occasion, a Giants or A's game, and you do them from there. And we were just talking about how much easier it is today. You know, you set up your equipment. You don't have to carry around a, a tape recorder or a disc player if you don't want to. Just use your cell phone. <laughs> Record everything off your cell phone, download it, send it to yourself as an email, get it to the other end, cut it up, use it. Um, you can also use the cell phone to go on the internet, get whatever other information you may need. You know, I mean, yeah. it just makes life easy. I, I'm one of these people who doesn't mind all this 21st century technology. I think sometimes we do depend on it too heavily, and you know, kids today sometimes bear and young people our age, even middle aged people, bury themselves in it way too much. But it's it does uh, liberate us too. And it makes yeah. life – it simplifies things in some respects. It does. Yeah. yeah. So when you're interviewing a sports figure, right? how are you coming up with questions? your questions? Yeah. Just, well, you know. a lot of it ba- is based on, you know, if you're at the game, you can talk a little bit about the game. If you want to get sure. a feature interview, you know, you have to uh, have some ideas ahead of time. And if there's going to be something, a particular topic that may be a little detailed, you might want to um, let your – subject know hey can we talk about this you know because may, they may want, want to talk about it i remember once talking to barry bonds about going for the home run record and he didn't want to talk about it and i, I asked him if, ahead of time because ah, you know it's a little early to talk about it so we didn't you know we didn't talk about it. we talked about other things and it was fine see that that's smart because if you you ask a question you, you sort of i don't want to say blindside him but surprise him ahead of time yeah. and then suddenly it's on the air he says i don't want to talk about it yeah. it's a little embarrassing you it know, is not only for him but then 
you don't look in as good gracious, you know, for, no. for the future, right? Yeah, you know, the toughest time to talk to athletes, baseball players, after they lose a heartbreaker. For some reason, football players, I think it's because they leave it all out on the field, and even when they lose, they're maybe disappointed, but, but you can talk to them. Basketball, same thing. Hockey, same thing. Baseball players, because they sit a lot, yeah. it's hot, they're away from their families, they see the media more than they see their own family. And even though it's only one game, you know, players just get cranky after games when they lose. And you walk into a winning clubhouse, the music's always playing, everybody's laughing and talking loudly, there's a lot of noise. You go into a losing clubhouse, no music. It's real <laughs> quiet. The only sounds you hear are people, you know, padded feet walking around and maybe somebody munching on a, you know, post-game snack. And everybody, every, anytime you look at anybody, they look at you, sort of give you this dour look. Like, don't, <laughs> don't even think about talking to me. Well, um, what about if a team is having a losing season, oh, and, but, but they win a game? Well, that's different. I mean, the Giants have been kind of fun to deal with. When I've been only to a handful of games this year, but they've won most of them, so it's been fun to go in there. But, yeah, you know, they... Uh, they don't get all they don't you know they're not dancing uh, in circles after after winning two in a row but um, it is a lot easier to to get to get information from I remember going into uh, the Angels manager's office this is before Mike Sosha this is back in the late '80s when Cookie Rojas remember Cookie yeah, Rojas pretty sure. good pretty good ball player yeah. good second baseman he was managing for a while he was a coach and he managed the Angels for a while. And I'll never forget going in there, and there was all this uneasy silence. The writers crowd around, and he's sitting at his desk, you know, tapping his pencil like this and just looking at the ground. And everybody's looking at the ground, and the writers are all, you know, scribbling in their pads, whatever they're scribbling. <laughs> and I'm thinking to myself, you know, somebody ought to ask this guy a question because I don't want to waste time here. So yeah. I asked him the first question, and he kind of looked up at me like I, he didn't know me. He'd never seen yeah. me before. And he, I said, man, I, you know, God, watching the A's play today, and the A's at that time were really, <laughs> they were just hitting their stride, and they clobbered. The uh, Angels, they'd beaten them three in a row, and Canseco had hit a couple of home runs. I said, man, Jose Canseco looked awesome today, didn't he, Cookie? And it was the wrong thing to say. He looked at me, he goes, hey, Cookie, or uh, yeah, Canseco, yeah, awesome. The A's are awesome, man. We're really blankety-blank worried about the blankety-blank A's. And I thought, okay, just retreat, don't ask them. <laughs> but no, my instincts took over, and I said, is it is it especially tough losing a game like this after blowing two the previous nights because they lost two in the late innings? And he goes, no, I'm going to buy up. Blinkin', blinkin' birthday cake and put some blinkin' candles on it and <laughs> celebrate losing the blinkin' ball game. Any other blinkin' questions? <laughs> and I just like, okay. But that's, well, sure, I got about four more for yeah, you. Oh, my God. <laughs> this is a fun interview. <laughs> yeah. I've, I've been in, you know, it's usually managers when they lose. Whitey Herzog once, I saw him literally knock the microphone out of a, a reporter's hand. Get that blinkin' thing out of my face. Bam. Now, was it like, you know, in his face? Or Not was really. It, just kind of, no, it was just okay. kind of around the periphery, but he didn't yeah. like it. And um, some players and some coaches just don't like the intrusion, and it. it's yeah. different today. I don't think that would happen as often because if it did, it would be you'd see it a lot more on the internet. It would yeah. go, it would go on the internet and, and embarrass these guys. So they're a lot more measured, a lot more careful. But back in the day, and I'm talking about the 1970s, 80s, and even 90s, before all this intrusion of the 21st century media, players used to just let. I never forget Susan Fornoff, very fine uh, writer for the uh, Sacramento Bee was a beat writer for baseball in the mid-'80s, which is, you know, there were, there had been women in the, in the clubhouse for some time, not a long time, but yeah. enough for players to get used to it. And the Red Sox had a group of guys that were just particularly ornery and nasty, and they lost this game, and they just used it as an excuse to, to harass her. Mm -hmm. And I was doing an interview, I remember, with a guy named Bruce Hurst. Do you remember the left-hander? Yeah, sure. Nice guy, you know, good Mormon uh, guy, very, very straight-living. 
and all of a sudden he started laughing. I turn around and all these jock straps and <laughs> socks are flying like a snowstorm towards this retreating figure. I see this woman running out the door. Get the blimp blimp out of here, you know? Uh, they they chased her out, literally. And I asked her about it later, and she said I, one of the players, I think it was Bob Ojeda, didn't appreciate the question um, that uh, she asked. The Boston Red Sox in those days, in the 1980s, were a, a cranky sort of team. I remember um, uh, Rick Miller once, uh, who was a utility player, I, I was interviewing somebody. All of a sudden, I hear people laughing, and then I hear this, fire, fire, and I smelled smoke. I looked down, and my shoelaces were on fire. He, he did me the hot, gave me the hot foot. That was just a joke. But Jim, Wait, Jim, now was this after the '85 uh, yeah, debacle? Uh, this is about the same time. Yeah. And then uh, Dwight, uh, not Dwight Evans. Dwight Evans was actually a really good guy. Jim Rice mm-hmm. was one of the toughest guys to have to deal with, and he got really mad at a uh, sports writer named um, Fainaru, uh Steve Fainaru, who was covering for the Boston Herald, and he literally ripped the shirt off the guy, <laughs> lit, lit, ripped it off, and would have punched him. And Sam Skinner, who was a big uh, local media guy, uh, this big, uh, you know, sort of bulky African-American guy who got along with everybody, sort of pushed Jim Rice away from the guy, and then huh. Jim Rice stumbled and fell, and Sam sat on him to make sure he didn't go after the oh, writer. Yeah. And he goes, <laughs> Jim Rice is looking up at him going, get your blinking, blinking fat, you know, blinking. off of me. And Sam goes, now calm down, Jim. Just calm <laughs> down. Now, that kind of thing, if it happened today, that would be an internet sensation, wouldn't it? You'd see it all over YouTube. The media would go crazy with that stuff. But that stuff happened routinely. And, uh, you know, you just I, – I have all these outtakes that I, I never used, obviously, but I, I have them somewhere, and it's fun to listen to them. Oh, Carl Yastrzemski once, I went up to him, first time I ever interviewed him, he goes, what the blank do you want? And it was, it was his way of just sizing me up. And I said, well, I just like to do an interview. All right, what do you want to talk about? And then he gave me a great interview. And from that point on, we were every time they came to town in the early eighties, he was not a problem. But boy, the first time it was like, I wonder if he answer you go, whoa, what's all the hostility? If sport? I, if you <laughs> said that to him, they 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 would they would take that as uh, you know being uppity or being dissing, uh, dissing him, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, dissing him or being sarcastic, and they'd probably just get right back in well, their face. You better than me. You better than yeah. me. Well, yeah, I, I mean, this is how a lot of athletes and managers manage to sort of separate themselves. From their time, you know, they, I don't want to deal with certain people, so this is this is how I test them. Huh. You know, I understand it; it's part of the whole jock mentality. They, they just can't say, you know what? I just don't want to talk to you right now. No, they'd rather kind of give you a hard time. And, you know, I think it gives them a sense of a small sense of satisfaction. <laughs> but that, that's again, that happened in the back in the day. I don't think it happens anymore because players aren't available as much anymore. They're, they they don't uh, give you the time. I wonder if uh, if it was like that in like in the forties and fifties. I don't think so. I think I, I think there were a lot less broadcast people, and broadcast people are the ones that tend to not always, but tend to really tick off the the uh, the players because they ask questions that are not real bright sometimes because they don't go in there every day. They don't know all the ins and outs. Huh. Uh, that may not be true today, but it was back in the day. All right. So here is our first trivia question, and we're going to talk baseball today. All right? Baseball. Baseball. I think I asked this one once before. Okay. No, it's okay. We'll All see right. if you remember. What U.S. professional sports team has been in the same city with the same name for the longest period of time? Wow, that's a good one. Okay, now it can't be like the Giants because they've right. only been around since, what, 58? And they were in New York before that. Yeah. And they were called the Gothams before they were called the Giants. So they had the same name in the same city longer than anybody else. Correct. Wow. All right. Ooh, okay. That's our question. Okay, so okay. you don't remember. 
That's good. I'll, I'll, have, to I'll have to think about, about that. It. Yeah, I'll have to think about it. It's got to right. be a baseball team. Got to be. Well, we are talking baseball. Okay, right, obviously. Yeah. It's and it's not. And it's, it's a major a, league team, so it's one of the, it's one of the it's, 30. And I'll, I'll give you a hint. It's not the Tampa Bay Devil Rays. <laughs> and it's a team that's probably back east. Obviously, it's back <laughs> yes, east. Yes, it's yeah. obviously back yeah, east. Yeah. Okay, don't touch that dial. Sports Econ 101 will be right back. there. Did you know that with a bachelor's degree, on average, you could make almost twice as much over a lifetime than a person with just a high school diploma? It's true. According to the 2012 U.S. Census Bureau, college grads with a bachelor's degree make almost twice as much as high school grads. Now, going back to school is easier than ever at Independence University. Log on and complete coursework from the park or the beach or even your couch watching the kids. And Independence University gives you the tools, a free tablet and laptop for undergrad students to use and keep when they graduate. That's right. Get a laptop so you can go to college from anywhere. Take the first step to a new career in business, information technology, healthcare, or graphic arts. Call to find the online degree program that's right for you. And you could be on your way to increasing your earning potential. 800-797-1256. 800-797-1256. That's 800-797-1256. Hi, I'm Dr. Robert Clapper, Chief of Orthopedic Surgery at Cedars-Sinai Medical Group in Los Angeles, California. Dedicated to your health, your life, and your sports. As a weekend warrior, you know about sports injuries and pain. Exercise is an important element in keeping your body's core in good shape to minimize sports injuries. But when you are in pain, there is one product that I recommend to my patients, and that is Blue Goo Gel. Blue Goo consists of a proprietary formula developed specifically for the treatment of inflammation and general muscle aches and strains. I recommend Blue Goo for my patients coping with hip and knee pain before surgery, especially bursitis and tendonitis. Give Blue Goo a try. Call 1-888-330-0123 and you'll receive a one-week supply of Blue Goo absolutely free. The makers of Blue Goo are even paying the shipping. The number again is 1-888-330-0123. If you want more information on Blue Goo, visit online at www.dothegoo.com. Now available at select big five stores near you. My joints used to kill me. I'd wake up with stiff knees and a stiff back, and it wouldn't get much better throughout the day. I went to doctors and took almost every supplement you can think of, and nothing seemed to help. Then I found something called Oil Can Joint Lubricant. They use only top-of-the-line, all-natural ingredients, and I know many companies make similar claims, but here's the big difference. Oil can ingredients are scientifically formulated to work together faster than anything else in the marketplace. That's guaranteed. I take oil can every day. My knee pain was gone at just a few days. So if you have knee pain back pain and you've tried everything, try Oil Can Joint Lubricant risk-free right now. I'm confident you'll have fewer aches and pains within days or we will gladly refund your money. Call right now. 800 800-989-1795. 800-989-1795. 800-989-1795. reality 
Welcome back to Sports Econ 101. One more time, I'm Edward Brown, your host, along with Bruce McGowan. So we stumped Bruce a little bit on this. Well, let's put it this way. You didn't guess it in the, in the first two seconds. No. I know this is the answer. No, no, no. What U.S. professional sports team, we're talking baseball, has been in the same city with the same name for the longest period of time? I'm going to guess it's, it's one of about seven teams. It's either St. Louis Cardinals, Detroit Tigers, Pittsburgh Pirates... Uh, not Boston, because they used to be called the Pilgrims. Uh, Philadelphia Phillies, um, Cleveland, nah, not Cleveland Indians. I think it's one of those four. Or, or I'll still forget Baltimore Orioles. Ba- well, Baltimore was it. in St. Louis, though. They were the St. Louis Browns. So I'm going to say okay. it's either Pittsburgh, Detroit, St. Louis, uh, maybe Philadelphia. Is it one of those four? Yeah, but you got to pick one. <laughs> All right. I'll say St. Louis. <laughs> Uh, Detroit, <laughs> Pittsburgh, <laughs> no. Philadelphia, yeah, Phillies, Philadelphia the Phillies, Phillies. eighteen eighty three. Wow, that's a hundred and what is that? A hundred and thirty four years. Wow, wow, that's hard to believe. You and know the Giants won how many? How many times have they won? Well, they've won. They've won two World Championships. Well, one with uh, uh, Pete Rose. One with Pete Rose in nineteen eighty, and one in two thousand and eight against uh, Tampa. Didn't they win anything with Robin or Robin Roberts? No, they had a pennant in 1950 and then got smoked by the Yankees. And they also were in the uh, national championships a bunch of times, and well, four, three times in the 70s, but got beat by the Dodgers every time. Yeah, Dodgers had great teams in those years. Oh yeah, they had. I mean, Ronce, those, those Steve were the years. Where, and, yeah, those were the years when <laughs> Phillies had uh, Matthews and Maddox. You know, the two former Giants. Every time I used to look at that Philadelphia outfit, I thought, Oh, what might have been? Yeah. The Giants traded both those guys. Well, they always seem to trade guys when they uh, they had no money. You know, it's it's sad. It's like kind of like watching the Oakland A's. I don't know how anybody can be a fan of a team that just keeps trading players away for young players. And then and Sonny Gray, Sonny Gray gets good, and they trade him. They had him for two more years, but you know they figured, oh, we'll get three prospects for him, and two of the prospects can't even play; they're injured. So you know, I mean, it's, uh, if I were a fan of the A's, I'd be really pathetic or PO'd, I should say. Yeah, it's pathetic. Uh, changing subject here. I just saw, first of all, that uh, Eric Parsegan died. Yeah, I, you know, God, I hate to say it. I thought he'd been dead for some time. He was 90, 94. Yeah. And, you know, we forget he only coached Notre Dame for 11 years. Now, he play, interesting story. I didn't realize this Todd I read his obit. He actually played for Sid Gilman, who was a great coach, a college and pro coach, with Sid, uh, Sid Gilman. Gilman who not had, Sid Luckman. No, not no, Sid Luckman. Sid Gilman was a great coach in. Uh, San Diego, and actually Sid Gilman was one of Bill Walsh's protégés. Bill Walsh's first job was in his, as an assistant with the Chargers. He coached, um, he played for, oh, God, several other really well-known coaches of that era. So he picked their brains, and he only coached Notre Dame for 11 years, but they had this incredible record. They won two national championships, and then he burned out at the age of 51. He said, I can't do this anymore, and he never went back to coaching at the age of 51. He had a very... Happy uh, forty years. Although it's sad, you know, three of his grandchildren died of this weird illness that was a oh, genetic, uh, ge- some kind of genetic um, problem in the family, and so he developed a foundation where they spent a lot of money uh, raising money to fight this illness. And wow. I can't remember what the illness was, but whenever I think of Eric Parsegian, I think of the movie Rudy. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Was he coach? He's supposed he, to be the coach then, right? He was the coach, and then he left just before Rudy gets to actually play. Oh, really? Is that right? So yeah. mid seventies, mid yeah, because he was there from sixty three to about seventy four. Because I remember when I got out of college, he he decided he was going to call it quits, and everybody was like, "What? Yeah. Era Parsegian is calling it quits? 
What's going on here? Well, when I was a kid, uh, Sunday morning, I'd wake up early, and there were no cartoons back then on Sunday. They were only mm. on Saturday, so it was like the only thing to watch was Notre Dame highlights. Oh, yeah. I, I was going to say he also coached, or he also played or coached with Paul Brown okay. and um, uh, who was that guy? Who was, Woody Hayes. Oh, the real, Woody. The real volatile Woody Hayes. Remember Woody oh, Hayes towards saying. the end of his career started to lose it, and, and you remember yep. he f- gave a forearm shiver to, to a, a linebacker but, on the other team. Yeah, who's but, a, well, he was during the play. During the play, I mean, yeah. the guy came to the sidelines. The, the, the play sort of strung out, and, and Woody was so infuriated by the his own team yeah. that he just lashed out and hit this guy right in the throat. It didn't hurt him, but he was kind of like, what, yeah. "What the heck are you doing, Woody?" <laughs> that was the end of Woody. Woody just Woody was you know he was very he was old school. He was like Frank Cush. Frank Cush got away with a lot, and then finally one of his players uh, he was physically abusing the guy. He would humiliate him. He would push him and kick him, and finally Frank Cush got fired because of that. That's why he got fired who, as coach. Who did, who did he, uh, this was at Arizona State when he was there many, many years. And it was interesting because I was in uh, in uh, Phoenix the night that he got fired. Uh, they were playing the University of Washington, and it was a huge story. All the, you know, This guy was a legend. He had been there 15 years, coached all these great players and teams, and before the game, it was announced in the press box he'd been fired. So I went into the stands and got all this reaction from the fans, and the fans were just furious. How could they fire Frank Cush just because he, you know... Kicked, abused a guy. Abused a guy, <laughs> or just because, you know, he 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 uh, shamed some little coward. You know, that's what they're basically well, saying. And, and, the, and the problem is the poor guy who gets, quote, shamed or abused... I mean, what's he doing to he? It, it, they're going to take it out on him. Well, not only that, he quit the team. He was a backup player, but he didn't even want to be around because they were going to give him a hard time. And yeah. Then, and then Frank Cush, the weirdest thing was carried onto the field before the game by his players. They knew about it, and they were not supposed to win. They were playing the Washington Huskies, the team I was covering, the University of Washington for Seattle, and they beat uh, beat him twelve to seven. It was a huge upset, and I remember he got carried off the field after the game. And in his post-game remarks, he was so emotional. I mean, as you can imagine, yeah. great win, but that was the end of the line for him. And he did coach, I guess, with the with the Baltimore Colts uh, for a couple of years. Never was the same. Well, wait, do they, the same. Usually when they fire a guy, they don't let him go and say, oh, by the way, this is your last game. I mean, they, boom, they get rid of you. Yeah, they, you for chance. some reason, they, they let him coach one more game. I guess it's because the decision had been made literally an hour before an the hour game, before, and, they, yeah. and they just felt awkward, at, you know, he asked them. He apparently asked them, "Can I coach one more game?" And they said, "You know, that'd be a good way to go out. Just don't abuse anybody on the field." Yeah, <laughs> I, you know, if I was, if I were at the University of Arizona, or I'm sorry, Arizona State mm-hmm. uh, official, uh, athletic officials, I would have thought that would have been kind of awkward, though, wouldn't you? Yeah, I mean, I would think you just want to cut cut the guy loose. You don't exactly. want any. Luckily, you know, he comported himself very uh, professionally, and there were no incidents. And, and it actually inspired his team. Yeah. Uh, they wanted to win for him, and they did. They pulled off a huge upset. But that was the strangest night I've yeah. ever spent covering because the game itself was it was a big upset. But that became secondary to the firing of Frank Cush. I wonder how the um, you know the assistant coaches you know who's going to take over? <laughs> yeah, I think one of them eventually did. They were stunned. I mean, the whole scene was surreal the, the crowd was kind of stunned the, the media was stunned because the media was basically a lot of hangers-on Arizona State uh, yeah. fans you know that worked in the media I mean they really loved the team but doesn't anybody like see this warning sign coming oh I you think know, people to, saw to it coming say, hey, yeah Frank, was, you're gonna get fired if you were well there, there was a lot of talk so. about it the week previous I remember it was a big story nationally and there was a lot of speculation and then you know he never got he, he hadn't been fired and game Saturday it was a Saturday night game 
uh, it was approaching, and everybody was saying, oh, you know, wow, I guess he's kind of coach. And then right before the game, all of a sudden in the press box, we get this announcement from the athletic director. He called everybody over, and he goes, I've got an announcement to make. Frank Cush has been fired. We haven't named a replacement yet, so he will coach tonight. It's like, whoa. What happens if he doesn't make that announcement to you guys? And you just happen to find out. Well, you know, he could have waited, yeah. or you know, he could have waited and told Cush afterwards. I think yeah. he used it as a an incentive to get the players to, you know, want to win that game, which they did. They pulled I mean, off a they... huge upset. I think he did it for a purpose. I really do. I think he did that partly to, to shame or to embarrass Frank Cush, which he did, because I guess this athletic director didn't like Frank Cush, but the, the big reason was to try to motivate it, the team to pull off this upset, which was a huge upset. Because I think... I mean, you wonder if they would really be able to, you know, like think, okay, well, let's win this last one for Frank. Yeah, you know, yeah. players, I guess, you know, it's the, it's the old win one for the Gipper yeah. mentality. <laughs> you know? it's, it was a strange night, though. I've never covered and I've never been to an event where the game itself became secondary, you know, and, and it was a big game, too. I mean, it was it was a low-scoring game. I remember the score was 12-7. to 7. That's pretty low, especially yeah. in college four, four field goals for Arizona State, one touchdown for the University of Washington. That was it. And the game ended with uh, with Arizona State running out the clock, and the crowd just went nuts. It was like they won a national championship. And they picked up Cush again, the players did, and carried him off the field, and he was waving the fan. And it's funny, <laughs> Frank Cush always wore an Arizona – uh, state um, blazer, and on this particular night, he was wearing just a a, a khaki shirt and a pair of uh, slacks, and he, it was almost like he was a civilian again. You uh, know? It was really strange. Strange. Strange night. Uh, before we cut to break, just a quick question here about yeah. Draymond Sh- uh, Green in line for his own signature shoe. I'm just having no, to look at a Yahoo Sports thing. I mean... That makes sense. I mean, All Draymond, these guys getting shoe deals? Uh, yeah, <laughs> you know, everybody who's a big name gets a shoe. I mean, Draymond's a big name. I mean, he he may not be as big a name as Steph Curry or you know, as Kevin Durant, but he's still, you know, he's the glue. He's and, the, and and what's the difference between his shoe and the other shoes? That's a good question. I You know, I've never wondered. I've always wondered what... what's the big deal? Why is this particular... Why should I buy this shoe over that shoe? I guess it just... The player you like. Yeah, but some of these cra- crazy, like hundreds and hundreds of dollars for well, these shoes sometimes. you know, and Steph Curry has a – I only know about his contract. He's got a contract with Armor – Under Armour. Under Armour that is worth, I believe, about the same amount as his contract uh, with the Warriors is worth, which is in the neighborhood of $200 million. You imagine that? You and get, that stock has not done very well, apparently. It's gotten, uh, gotten hit really oh, hard, it, maybe it? because they're paying Steph so much. <laughs> Could be. I don't Could know. Be. That's crazy. All right. Let's go to our next commercial break here. Again, we're talking baseball. Baseball. All right. So here's an interesting question. Nine pitches, nine strikes. Mm. Side retired. That's happened a few times. Okay. And who is the only pitcher to have done it three times? Wow. That's pretty three, amazing. Not three that. times. I, I would not. I just have to take a guess. Or, or, you know, it's funny. I'm thinking if I'm uh, guy number two or three, I might go, you know what? I'm just going to take one. Just get a ball. Get one ball. Uh, yeah. Assuming the pitcher's going to throw a ball. Yeah, yeah. Nine, <laughs> nine strikes, huh? Nine pitches, nine wow. strikes. Wow. Now, they don't talk about whether they're, you know. And this guy did it three times he did in his it career? three times in his career. Hall right? of Famer? Uh, I believe he is. Okay. Not a, big, not, be, a big, not a big name. No, he's pretty big. I, I, <laughs> okay. I would say that uh, I, you'd probably just be in the Hall of Fame just for that. <laughs> Re- uh, recent? Fairly recent? Uh, not as recent as, you know. Back in the 80s, maybe. Uh, before. 70s, okay. Okay. All okay. right. So, that's our question. Email edward at sportsecon101.com. The answer to that question. Don't touch that dial. We'll be right back. If you 
suffer from back pain, joint pain, arthritis, or other chronic pain, you need to try the water therapy benefits that Advantage Therapeutic Walk-In Bath provides. Not only does Advantage Walk-In Bath help get you in and out of the tub safely, it is proven to be beneficial to relieve aches and pains, giving you the relief to enjoy your day. You can enjoy taking your new bath and rejuvenating your body in as little as seven days. And if you call today and ask for the radio special, we'll give you a $1,500 coupon towards the purchase of a new Vantage walk-in bath. Every call in the next 10 minutes will receive a $1,500 coupon towards the purchase of a new Vantage walk-in bath. Your aches and pains can be washed away. Call right now for a risk-free quote. 800-552-6851. That's 800-552-6851. Nobody wants to get ripped off, broken into, or robbed, but nobody wants to pay a lot of money to have their home protected either. I've got an offer to tell you about to provide home security for your home. For a simple rate as low as $19.99 a month. For real, with no installation or equipment charges. And this is from a company rated number one by a leading consumer research company. According to the facts, most of you won't even call unless there's a burglary in your neighborhood or something bad happens. So let's give you a reason. Save money. For as low as $19.99 a month with no other costs, you can get your home secured. Plus, get a lifetime equipment replacement warranty. You need protection for your home. Call the Home Security Hotline right now. Call 800-587-4281. 800-587-4281. 800-587-4281. Call now. That's 800-587-4281. Attention to anyone that's written a book or wants to write a book. The process is not that complicated. Take a first step. Even if you write a page a day, you'll build momentum and your book will become a reality. The hard part is getting it published. That's when you need to call Page Publishing. They've got hundreds and hundreds of thank yous from different new authors, just like you. They make the process of publishing your new book and getting it sold online a simple process. You can learn how simple it is right now by calling for your free Page Publishing new author submission kit. One quick three minute phone call that's all it takes to get free information and learn how you can get your book published pick up your phone right now and call us 24 hours a day at this number 800-603-0885 800-603-0885 800-603-0885 that's 800-603-0885 Welcome back to Sports Econ 101. Again, I'm Edward Brown, your host, along with Bruce McGowan. Second trivia question. Nine pitches, nine strikes, side retired. Who's the only pitcher to have done it three times? When this guy pitched in the 70s, you say? Uh, actually, in the 60s. 60s. Yeah. Sandy Koufax? Yes. Yeah, that's a good guess. Because, yes. you know, Sandy Koufax, for four or five years, was just, from 63 to 66, he was unbelievable. He was like, sort of like Jim Brown. Yeah, he short had career, a short but, career, but, but just boy. powered. Gail well, Sayers, same thing. Yeah, well, you know, I mean, Sandy had to retire at the age of 30 because his arm was was just, he it would balloon up to twice the size, Ugh. and he had to take medication that would just make him violently ill. And he's, somebody asked him, you know, why are you retiring? Uh, just be, can't, you, can't you take any medication to manage this pain? He goes, well, let me explain to you what it's like. And he went into great detail. 
you know, about vomiting and having diarrhea and having aches and pains. You know, they had very effective medication to, to lower the swelling, but it just created the side effects were horrible. Yeah, I wonder, it, I wonder what the difference is like now, what, what kind of medication oh, it would be I'm, now. I'm sure, but in those days, they probably would have given him the Tommy John surgery and he would have been back. I'm wow. sure that was the problem. I mean, he had... He's chronic... still alive, isn't he? Yeah, you know, Well, Sandy... then give him the operation now and put him back in. <laughs> He's about... Sandy must be... Could be 80. Got to be in his 80s, early 80s, yeah, because yeah. he was 30 when he retired, and that was in 66, so that's 51 years ago. Yeah, so yeah he's, he went... he's in his 80s, yeah. 30 years old, though. Can you imagine having a retire? But he had a great career, and he had no regrets, and he made good money, and then he got into television, did not like TV at all, was very uncomfortable in front huh. of the camera. And, well, he, uh, he was... Uh... He wasn't that outgoing, was he? Not outgoing at all. Married uh, the daughter of the famous actor Richard Widmark, and oh. that was, he never really stayed, I think he's married twice. I don't believe he had any kids, and he's just always a very private guy. Uh, loved to paint, um, very, very bright, very well-read, very well-traveled, but uh, I interviewed him one time, and it was, I got off to, on the wrong foot with him, and... I asked him a couple of questions he didn't like, and the, I thought the interview was going to the toilet. And then luckily I asked, I saved myself to ask him some question about his career, and he liked that. And then he told me a story, and I thought, oh, thank God. You know? <laughs> <laughs> what did you, you Oh, I you asked him, I, I said, you know, I, something stupid like, oh, if you pitched today, you think you'd be just as good. You know, I mean, of course he'd feel that way. He goes, you know, that's not relevant. <laughs> that's all he said. Oh, how long ago did you ask him this question? Oh, God, this was... 25 years ago in a oh, golf tournament. Oh, gotcha. And I think also because I was interrupting, uh, he, he was getting ready to have breakfast and he didn't appreciate oh. that. And I had heard that he was kind of prickly, but I didn't realize it. See, that's got to be kind of tough. You know, th- th- again, a guy having breakfast yeah. or, you know, he's, he's doing something. Well, he's with his friends at a golf tournament. Yeah. And he doesn't want to be bothered. Exactly. I mean, he yeah. expected to be interviewed by a few people, but I don't think that that was the time to do the interview. And I was one of those young, hustling guys. Up into my 40s, I always... Yeah. If I saw somebody I wanted to interview, I'd just go for it. Uh, you know, tech, tech with protocol. You know, I was like yeah. a, a bull in a china shop. And most of the time it worked out pretty well because I was, I was pretty well behaved. I didn't yeah. charge in there and, and act ridiculous. Or, with or just interrupt everything. No. See, that's no. the thing. Is, and, and it, I think sometimes that's the key. I, get, I, I get kind of frustrated with people. And then it realize, I realized later on, it, it finally dawned on me that it's like sometimes you're talking to somebody. And and this other person wants to come in and talk to the person you're talking to, yeah. and just totally ignores what you're doing yeah. and just starts. Blah, 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 oh, to the some other media, person. media f- folks do that. Yeah, too. and you know yeah. what I I finally learned is to say, hold on. I said, let me finish my conversation with this person. Yeah, I've, I've had to do that a couple times. Yeah. I was doing an People, interview. And it's thoughtless. It's not that they're no, trying to be mean. It is they're, just, they're just not thinking. Well, I remember I was doing an interview with some famous athlete. I can't remember who it was in particular. It was before the game. Uh, it was a baseball game, and. Yeah, you know, quiet in the clubhouse. And I, I'm, I've been talking to this guy for about four minutes. We've been doing the interview. Some, suddenly this writer comes over. He just sits there. And I figured, okay, it's okay. He can take notes. I don't mind. Yeah. Then he starts asking questions right in the middle of an interview. I had to stop, turn off my mic. I'd say, look, we're doing a one-on-one interview. Can you wait? Oh, you know, you can't. I mean, he was he was real put off by that. And I just thought, well. And then he walked away, and the, and the athlete looked at me, and he goes, that guy's a jerk anyway. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, so that, made, that was that was Made good. me feel better, yeah. All right, so going uh, talking about the uh, stretch drive yeah. of the M- Major League Baseball. So, okay, some some teams are like way out of it. Yeah, I mean, like the Giants, the Giants and the A's, <laughs> and, and the Phillies, have, and the Phillies. They, they yeah. just don't have a chance. White Sox. Oof. Uh, how many games do the White Sox have? Uh, they're right about. Now? I'm going to say about twenty nine. Twenty nine and a half. They would have to pull a uh, Giants versus Dodgers in the fifties. Uh, yeah. Well, I mean, it, <laughs> Bobby you got, Thompson. The problem with that, though, is that you got three teams in front of you as well. So you know they're not all yeah. going to fall apart. So it ain't going to happen. Okay, so we got the Dodgers who look 
Very good. Yeah, they look great. I mean, I don't see anybody beating them. But then again, you know, you get in the postseason. I remember a couple years back in 2001 when I think it was Seattle won 112 games or something, and then they get in the playoffs and they lost in the in the uh, to the Yankees to the Yankees in, in the yeah. ALCS. You know, they just they couldn't win a couple close games. That's a, that's a th- problem when you get to the postseason. You have a little bad streak and the season's gone. Yeah. It's over. Well, and the. Uh, uh, the Dodgers last like three or four years, or actually probably last five or six years, it's been like that. They haven't even gotten to the finals. I think they got to the finals, the NLCS one time maybe. Yeah. I, I mean, did they get there last year? I don't remember who was in last year. I, I, it's uh, funny, I can remember who see, was. The Cubs beat the Giants. Cubs beat the Giants. And then... Who did the Cubs beat after that? I think they, maybe they did beat the Dodgers. Maybe they did, yeah. yeah. God, I, I should know. It's funny. I remember <laughs> what happened in 1966 better than yeah. what, I, what happened last week. Wait, don't tell me. Uh, uh, Baltimore Orioles swept the Dodgers. Uh, Dodgers. And the Dodgers did not score a run for the last three games. Imagine yeah, that. Yeah, they're all shut out. So yeah, well. yeah. That's that's humiliating. And was was Brooks Robinson the uh, MVP? No, he was no. MVP in seventy. Fra- I think Frank yeah. Robinson was. MVP. Oh, Frank! Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Frank had a great year. Frank, I actually I think Frank was MVP of the American League. I'm not sure. Yes, who he was. was. I'm not sure. There was a guy named Mo Drabowski who came in in the first game uh, as a reliever, and the score was tied, and the Orioles ended up winning. He pitched like seven innings of shutout ball, and he was. You know, kind of this journeyman, you know, reliever starter, and he was sort of the poster boy for that team as a result of that. That's a great story. I love that when the the guys come out of nowhere and, and, you know, you you can't predict who's going to have a great postseason. You just don't know. Well, what I thought was really cool, and again, being a Giants fan, this really was awesome, but just in 2014 to watch Madison Bumgarner just come out and just dominate. Just dominate. And, and you look and you go, the guy's got to be a machine because, yeah. I mean, how can you pitch that many innings? Well, I remember when he came in in that in that penultimate seventh game in relief, yeah. and the Giants, I think, were ahead by a run or two. Mm-hmm. And I just thought, oh, my God, is this guy going to – Does he have enough? Does he have enough because yeah. they, they needed him, and he did. He had enough. Well, in fact, the first time I remember um, that kind of a situation was when they brought Randy Johnson in. Uh, I think it was Arizona mm-hmm. uh, brought him in, and it just, or maybe it was with Seattle at the time. No, he went. Well, he, he went Seattle and then Arizona, and, Arizona, but and then won the championship yeah, with well, him. He was, and, him he was with Sean. Montreal before that, but yeah. no, nothing with them. But know, he moved around a lot. Yeah, but I, th- I think it was with Arizona where yeah. they just you know it's like oh, wait a minute, you, you can't bring a reliever into a or I mean you can't bring a starter into a, this kind yeah, of situation. Can, it's not against the rules, you know. Yeah, <laughs> no, you see that happen a lot in the postseason. Uh, the convention gets thrown out the window. I you know the teams to beat right now, obviously the Dodgers are playing great Houston. ball. Houston is unbelievable. The American League, the Cubs, is, as poorly as they've played, I, I would not discount them okay. because they just have that pedigree and they have that uh, that great group. And Washington now, they've yeah. added some, some help to their bullpen. They picked up a couple of guys from the A's who should really help them. And I think Dusty Baker's got a great I – mean, he may have the best hitting team in baseball. See, that would be great to be a uh, a player who's on a lousy team and you get traded to a team that's going to be in the yeah. hunt for the playoffs. Well, I think about Sonny Gray. You know, He yeah. goes from the A's to the Yankees. Yankees are game out of first place in the American League East. I mean, uh, I think he's going to make the difference. Uh, the Yankees are going to be in the in the ALCS, I get the feeling. Really? Okay. I think they're that good. Yeah. Well, it'd be neat to see Houston because I, I remember feeling bad for yeah. them in, in uh, They should 85. make it. It should be Houston against the Yankees. It should. Yeah. Houston, uh, no, no, no. Uh, Houston against the uh, Dodgers. No, Houston's. Oh, play, are, you talking, are you talking about in the in the in the American play, League? League to play, yeah, American League. Yeah, gotcha. I keep thinking of Houston is is a national, uh, a national team. League, and it's weird. Milwaukee's in the Milwaukee, national. Why don't they just switch them back? You know, they could do that very easily. 
Yeah, because the um, yeah, cause they're the in the divisions. central divisions. Yeah. yeah, they could just switch them back, but the people don't care. There's no tradition in in. I hate to say it, Houston has no baseball tradition, and Milwaukee, you know, outside of the the Braves, the Braves when they had yeah. Henry Aaron, really, you know, how often have the Brewers been in the in the playoffs? I think they went to the uh, World Series in 1982, and that's been pretty much it. Yeah, with uh, Robin Young. Yeah, Robin Young yeah. and Arby Keen, Arby's Wallbangers. You remember oh, Gor- yeah. Gorman Thomas and Pete Vukovic and yeah. Ben Ogilvy? That was a fun team. Good, yeah, good ball. Uh, Paul Molitor. Paul Molitor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's a good team. Ted Simmons was on that team, the former Cardinal catcher. There, they had. To, yeah, that was, was a hell of a team. It was. Yeah. Yeah, I see. Yeah. I, I still still remember that. Harvey Harvey Keene, I remember had a peg leg. He had had cancer and had his leg removed. He walked around with this wooden leg. He looked like a pirate. Huh. And he was a character. He'd sit there after the game, and he'd kind of talk like this, and he'd have a big, big glass, probably about a plastic cup full of ice and some kind of drink. It was probably whiskey. And he'd just take a little sip once in a while. And he'd dispense, you know, his wisdom. <laughs> <laughs> he was a character. Yeah. But uh, Houston, okay, so you had the Houston Colt 45s yeah. and the, the Houston Astros because the Astrodome. Right. Um, and, I mean, I think the furthest they ever went. It's the World Series. Well, they did. They yeah. lost to the White Sox, yeah. yeah. But before that. 1980, when they, they lost that yeah. great uh, ALCS in five games to the eventual champion Phillies. I think four of those games were decided in the last at bat. Yeah, that, yeah. What was also exciting, though, I remember 85. But a lot of people forget about, you know, they, they remember the Mets versus Red Sox. And that was. 86 was Mets versus Oh, that was it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm 85 sorry. Was, uh, was Royals and oh, yeah, Cardinals. Oh, uh, Cardinals. That's yeah, right. that was but, the meltdown of. Uh, what was the pitcher for the Cardinals and Milton? down in that sixth game got in a huge fight and got kicked out of the game by the umpire oh yeah uh, but, well it was yeah, uh, yeah the uh that was the lat- bad call lat- yeah the, bad call yeah. oh that cost them the whole thing yeah but yeah. um but no i no, actually i am thinking 86 okay uh mets uh, mets and astros that was a great was series a great series. yeah the 16 inning game that the mets clinched uh the pennant in in houston i think i think with two out in the ninth inning kevin bass i believe or no it was mickey Mickey or Billy Hatcher hit a two-run homer to tie the game, and then the game went into 16 innings before the Mets finally pulled it out and won it. And then so, they uh, win the World Series. And then they win the World Series. Yeah. They were down to their last out, and they got uh, you know three Mookie hits Wilson. in a row, four hits yeah. in a row. Mookie Wilson hit that little ground ball and went right through Bill Buckner's legs. And if you're a Red Sox fan, God, that's just a painful memory because they didn't win a World Series for another 17 years. Till two thousand right. or later than uh, that. 18. I'm sorry, eighteen years. Yeah, two thousand and four. Yeah, <sighs> man. But when they but, but when they did that one, that was pretty. Cool yeah, and they, they went, were down oh three. Yeah, and they won the three since then too, just like the Giants. It's kind of neat. The Giants and Red Sox, you know, exercise the demons with three championships yeah. in a short period of so time. So who knows? Maybe the Cubs will do the same thing. Like to see the. I'd like to see the. I, I'm hoping Washington for Dusty B- yeah. Baker's sake. And Washington hasn't won a World Series since 1924 when the Senators won it with Walter Johnson. Walter Johnson, you know, yeah. late late in his career. Yeah, on a bad hop single that went over Freddie Lindstrom's head. That's and they say that uh, the, the the legend goes that Calvin Coolidge, the then president, stood on the dugout of the uh, senators afterwards and danced the Charleston with his wife, which seems kind of unlikely because Calvin Coolidge was the most dour, yeah. kind of quiet New Englander. Once somebody asked him, uh, you know, hey, Mr. President, I bet I can get you to say more than two words. And he looked at him and he said, you lose. <laughs> is that right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And his favorite line was, the business of America is business. Sanders, please have 25 copies of that made for the press. <laughs> you know. Um, Calvin Coolidge, Silent Cal, as they call him. Yeah. So I'm just, I'm wondering though, okay, so after the Cubs finally won after right. 108 years, 
would the Senators be next? I mean, it's kind of unfair because uh, they, they, they were out, yeah, of, they were out for a while. Who, who else? Oh, Cleveland's had a long time. Well, now the Senators, no. Yeah, Cleveland's been since 1948. The Senators would be. But you got to remember it's they, a different franchise. And they also yeah. they didn't have a team from, what, 1972 until just a few years back. They didn't have a franchise because you remember the franchise went to Texas and they didn't get the yep. – they didn't get the Nationals from uh, Montreal, Montreal until like yeah. 2004, I think it was. Yeah, so, that's, that's true. Yeah, so it's kind of a different different uh, situation. Or, or let's see, maybe just a team from Washington. Okay, yeah. all right, here we go. Here's our uh, third trivia question. Who was the first National League player to win the Triple Crown twice? Ooh, good that's question. That's our question, all right? Yeah. Email edward at sportsecon101.com the answer to that question. And you got a name as batting average, how many home runs, huh. and how, no, I'm just kidding. All right, uh, that'll be it. And then uh, we come back, we're going to have some closing comments on Sports closing, Econ. Closing thoughts. Closing thoughts on yes. Sports Econ 101. Don't touch that dial. It has been said that everyone has a book in them. But do you have the time or the ability to write your book? Maybe you picked up some skills or had a life experience that you want to pass on in the form of a book to help others. Maybe you want to leave an autobiography for your family. Or maybe you've built a successful business and you want to share your story. At Dorrance Publishing Company, we have professional writers who can help turn your book idea into a finished manuscript quickly and affordably. A Dorrance ghostwriter can provide as much or as little help as you need to complete your book. You'll work directly with your ghostwriter to finish your book faster than you ever could on your own. It's easy to become a published author. Call Dorrance now to learn more. 800-485-6003. Call right now. That number is 800-485-6003. Pedro Fernandez here. You might know me as the host of Ring Talk Live Worldwide, but this time I'm here to talk about that four-letter word everybody dreads, pain. If you have back pain or knee pain like I do, hey, you should know about the Health Alert Hotline. I'm talking about if Medicare is your primary medical insurance, and guess what? You can qualify for a back or knee brace or a shoulder brace for little or no charge. Anything to help me with the pain, hey, makes it more manageable, gets my attention, folks. I love the free delivery, and they take care of the paperwork for you. So if you have Medicare and need help for your back, ankle, knee, or shoulder, guess what? Give the Health Alert Hotline a call toll-free, 1-800-428-1570. 1-800-428-1570. You can qualify for a back or knee brace or a shoulder brace for little or no charge. 1-800-428-1570. The Health Alert Hotline, 1-800-428-1570. Do you use the blue pill to charge your sex life? Have you been thinking about trying the blue pill? What if we can promise you the same results for less than $3 a pill? If you're paying $20 a pill for the other pills, you're getting taken to the cleaners. Our pill delivers the exact same results for less than $3. We'll do the math for you. You'll save more than $16 a pill for the same results. Want more? We'll give you 40 blue pills or 40 yellow pills for $99 and add four more pills free. You save more than 
than $500. You don't have to be a rocket scientist to know what to do next. You need to call and get your 44 pills for just $99. Stop overpaying for the other blue pills. Call us and start saving a ton of money for the exact same results. Ordering is fast and easy with your pills delivered to your door in a non-marked package. 800-223-0992. That's 800-223-0992. Welcome back to Sports Econ 101. Last time for today, I'm Edward Brown, your host, along with Bruce McGowan. And here was our third and final trivia question. Who was the first National League player to win? I don't even know anyone who... He says the first National League. I don't mm. even know if it's ever been done more than twice. Uh, first National League player to win the Triple Crown twice. I was going to say, I was looking at uh, who wanted, who did it twice, and I was thinking the American League, Mickey Mantle maybe, but, God, I'm stumped. Uh, you know, Hank Aaron or Willie Mays, somebody somebody big like that. Well, they never won the Triple Crown. Never won the Triple Crown. Yeah, I was going to yeah. say somebody fairly... Ernie Banks, no. No. You have to go back uh, who, in time. Oh, go back to, say, um, Hannes Wagner? No. Close. A little bit, a little bit a little later. later like in the 20s. Yes. Who was a great national... Uh, Bill Terry, maybe? No. Come on, you know. Who's yeah, the Raja? Oh, of course, Rogers Hornsby. Hornsby. Yeah, yeah. Who is not also a very unpleasant human uh, That's being. what I've heard. Yeah, <laughs> they yeah. say next to Ty Cobb. He yeah, here, the, what happened, his mom died, and he was managing at the time, and somebody asked him, uh, aren't you going to go to your mom's funeral? You know, he's, he had to manage. He said, I have to manage, and he said... Mom would understand. Yeah, probably would. <laughs> yeah, probably. Um, so in 1922, he batted 401, hit 42 home runs, wow. and 152 RBIs. Yeah, that'll, that'll make it. 52 RBIs. Then, I remember, yeah. I think he still holds the record for the highest batting average. I believe it's 424. 424. In yeah. 1924. In yeah. 1924. But yeah. in 1925, he had 403, 39 home runs, 143 <sighs> the RBIs. The Raja. Cool. The Raja, that's what they call yeah, him. Yeah. Okay, here's our thoughts for the day. Thoughts for the day. Rock, R- Rockney. Newt Rockney said, one man practicing sportsmanship is far better than 50 preaching it. Mm, I true. couldn't agree more. And Eric Parsegan, just, I, I got this before he yeah. died. Uh, a good coach will make his players see what they can be rather than what they are. Mm. thought that was yeah, pretty good, that's too. very true about him. Tune in next week to Sports Econ 101. We're going to be discussing sports topics from a business perspective and asking more sports trivia questions. Thanks for listening. On behalf of our team, I'm your host, Edward Brown. We'll see you next week. Good night, America. So long.